Welcome back to another episode of the Tough Love Terry podcast. On this episode, I am going to be talking about how you can prepare your mind for the upcoming winter season. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where it gets freaking cold and dark and previously have been known to fall into a bit of a depression. So this winter, I'm taking control and changing that up. With the changing of the seasons, we're always thrown into a brief period of chaos and confusion. It's the transition between fall and winter, however, that looms for so many, especially those that struggle with seasonal affective disorder, otherwise known as SAD. As change goes, we can't stop winter from coming, but what we can do is prepare ourselves to meet it with an open heart and strategies to keep us in control. Living in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, we tend to get some of the coldest winters around, so it was only time before I got sad. Like most Winnipeggers, I like to boast about how we can withstand the minus 40 degrees Celsius weather, but honestly, the last few years the weather has gotten to me. In part due to my lifestyle, and the other part due to, well, the frigid cold. As a result of this, it was at the end of 2018 that I feel that I fell really hard into sad. I didn't go into the winter with the proper mindset thanks to the entrepreneurial depression I was feeling in the summer, so that exacerbated the effects that winter had on me. It was around March of 2019 that I realized I had only been wearing sweatpants all winter. I had stopped caring about my personal appearance. I was grumpy most of the time. I was tired. I was lethargic. I was depressed. Now, normally, I try to just not be in the winter as much as I can, as my job has afforded me the privilege of traveling to warm places. But I have never felt pissier than I have coming home from the warm beaches of Mexico to a Manitoban blizzard. You will never know frustration like that. It would send me into a full-on toddler tantrum spiral, and I can see now why most people go down once and stay there for the entire six months. Fast forward to now, and I see myself already starting to get lethargic as our days get shorter. Wait, you know what? I'm going to cut it out right frickin' now. The days aren't getting shorter. The sun just isn't present as long. What you just witnessed there was a classic redirect of my thought processes. This right here is exactly what I want to talk about. The way I talk about the inevitable season change is not helping me go into it with a positive mindset. I'm starting off this transition like a negative Nelly. I'm whining like a little baby that the morning is so dark and the afternoon is too gloomy. Pouting under my covers as though that will make the sun shine through longer. My conversations with people are full of bitterness and anger. Ugh, it's getting cold. I fucking hate winter. Or, I am going to wear flip-flops until the snow falls. Then the people I'm talking to join in on this bitching, and then we have a lovely winter-focused bitch fest. How could that possibly make my upcoming winter more pleasurable? (laughs) The honest answer is, it can't and it won't. So if I truly want to mitigate the effects of sad, I need to be proactive in my approach. And that means going into winter with love, passion, and at the very least, acceptance. So here are a few things that I started to do to prepare that might help you as well. Number one, 
I started using my happy lamp already. So last year was the first year that I decided to embrace this idea of a happy lamp. If you don't know what it is, it is essentially a lamp that you can get. I get mine from Costco, but I'm pretty sure if you just Google it, you can find it anywhere. And essentially the lamp is designed to help um, basically replace the sun and help you wake up as if the sun was waking you up. There's science behind it, but, you know, I didn't read the instruction manual. Uh, I want to get back into the habit of using my happy lamp, which does a great job of waking me up like the sun. And the thing is, I actually have one at my studio and one at my house. Last year, I did notice they actually made a difference a little bit. The one at the studio made me super jittery because I had it up too bright and I left it on too long. But, I mean, if you actually read the instructions, you'll figure out what works for you. By starting this usage earlier, however, I can wean my body off the actual sun onto this man-made version so that it's not so upsetting when I have to do it. I am choosing to do it. And when you get to choose instead of have to, it is that much more rewarding. Here are the ones that I currently have. The one is called the Happy Lamp, so if you Google that, it will come up. I buy it at Costco. It's a tiny little rectangular one that works quite well. And then the second one I have is also my alarm clock. It is the Philips Light Therapy Lamp. And um, it's quite large, but it works very well and gradually wakes you up. So it's kind of nice. Number two. This was an interesting activity that I just kind of thought of off the top of my head. Um, about a year ago or two years ago, whenever Marie Kondo's episodes hit Netflix, I was in intrigued by her methodology of when you want to get rid of something or like remove something from your home, you thank it and let it go. When you bring something into the home, you almost like bless it and welcome it in and be more intentional about the things you're bringing in. And so I thought, why not apply that to the seasons? So I kind of thought about this, like the Marie Kondo method, where you thank something for bringing your joy, and I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to Autumn. I basically thanked Autumn for all the beauty that it had brought me, and here's just a little clip of that. Dear Autumn, thank you so much for blessing me with some of the most gorgeous sunsets to enjoy with friends. Thank you for the skittering leaves across the cobblestones by my studio because it always makes me feel extra magical and witchy. I love the impromptu thunderstorms and glorious windy days. Thank you for chilling my cheeks when I go for my morning walk. I'm always so impressed with your amazing palette of colors, reds, oranges, yellows, burgundies, greens, and the smell of crispiness also permeates the air. So that's just a quick little blurb of it. It went on a bit longer than that, but I found this experience to be relatively poetic and beautiful. Um, fall time is one of my favorites, and I think that's why it's harder to quote-unquote let it go. But writing this letter allowed me to say the things I needed to say to let it go, and I'll see it next year. And then, in comparison to that, I wrote a letter to Winter, welcoming it into my home and saying, and basically um, telling it that I can't wait for its arrival. So here's a little clip of that. Dear Winter, you'll be arriving soon and I'm so excited to have you stay for a few months. I know we've had our falling outs in the past, but this year I vow to embrace you with open arms. In my adulthood, I became bitter as I forgot the joy that you bring. 
Instead, I usually focus on the have-nots. But winter, you are integral to this world. So come, stay a while. I can't wait to go snow trudging with you. And again, it continues on telling winter all the things that I'm super excited to do with it. And this process was therapeutic. Again, it was super poetic. And it made me actually excited for winter, uh, greeting it like an old friend. Number three, I made a list of things that I used to love to do in the winter as a kid. Now, I was incredibly privileged to grow up on a farm, and that gave me the beauty of parents who would kick us outside almost every day for some fresh air, regardless of how cold it was. Basically, you just dressed appropriately for it. Who cared if you could only see your eyelashes underneath all the clothes? Every day, we would go snow trudging. We would build quinzies and snow forts and go snowmobiling with friends. We'd go skating on the river, and we'd go on our customary river walk. This is something I'm really excited to replicate this year with my nieces and nephews at the cabin. We would spend hours outside regardless of the chill in the air, and it always guaranteed an amazing night's sleep. By bringing up memories of these experiences, my brain's going to produce the same chemicals I had back then, flooding me with positive emotions associated with winter. As well, it makes me excited to do those things this year with my family. Number four, I redirect my thoughts to remember that I still have 24 hours in the day. This was a huge kind of aha moment for me. Now, at the beginning, you heard me redirect my thought process about that, but I think that is one of the mindsets that's going to have a huge effect on my ability to accept winter. You see, as an entrepreneur, I realize that I've tied my worth so closely to my ability to be productive. So when the days are shorter, that equals less productive, which equals a depressed Terry with low self-esteem. Obviously, not super great. When I had this insight, I almost pulled my car over because it resonated so deeply within my core. I am not my productivity level. In fact, I should be thankful that we have the winter season that causes me to slow down in the evenings and nap more and rest and recuperate from the, um, the goings-on of the summer, fall, and springtime. The other thing is recognizing that Okay, in this day and age, we are privileged to have light everywhere. Just because it's not created by the sun doesn't mean I can't still work into the afternoon and evening. All right, last but not least, number five, I started creating my winter rituals and practices now. A change in the season is a perfect time to change up habits, behaviors, actions that are no longer serving you. I use the full moon, or I'm going to use the full moon at the end of fall to illuminate all of the things that are no longer bringing me joy. Uh, and I think this is really important. It helps me dispel those things, but also now I get to fill that space with rituals and practices that are more benefit benefiting to the person I want to be. After looking at last year, here are a few things that I want to cultivate throughout the winter um, that fell to the wayside or just never began. Number one, I'm going to create a winter advent calendar of books for myself. Uh, I'm going to talk about this a bit later, but um, I think this is one that I'm really excited about, really snuggling down and reading and learning and educating. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to trying different teas. I have this idea that I want to try where I have what's called my winter teas, that I'm not allowed to have these teas other times throughout the year because it is reserved for the ritual of winter. It's something for me to look forward to. Putting up twinkle lights to create a cozy space. Now, I already do have twinkle lights in my home, uh, in my office and things like that, but I'm going to add more to make it that much more cozy when the snow is falling outside. I'm going to buy or make new flannel pajamas to snuggle down in. We all know getting cozy and cuddly is like a prerequisite for winter, but I think the ritual of getting new jammies is really nice as well. Um, sometimes in the daytime when you're not working or you are working from home, you just want to snuggle into some flannel. And having specific winter jammies is a good way to do that. And then another one that I want to do is get a snuggly winter-inspired blanket for cuddling on the couch or in front of the fireplace. Right now, my blanket is kind of like a pastel pink. It's really fresh and pretty. Um, and so I think to transition over into winter, I think we'll have a swapping out of the items to make it a bit more fall time, a bit more winter time uh, and more festive. Now, the reason why rituals are so great is because it gives you something to look forward to, but they're also time sensitive. Knowing that you'll only be able to do it for a short time will ensure that I practice with a bit more gratitude for the time that I have with them. These are just a few. I'm still working on my list because I think there's a few other things I'd like to add in there, but really focusing. And I think um, lots of people talk about uh, the Danish ritual. What's it called? I don't know how to say it, but Hig or Hig, H-Y-G-G-E, um, is that same idea of like really enveloping and falling into the coziness and comfortability of winter. Um, so yeah, you can just Google that and you'll find some awesome things as well. So while these techniques aren't guaranteed to thwart off sad for everyone, because obviously some people experience a lot deeper than others based on, you know, their brain chemistry and so on, I can tell you that these have already started making my mind feel more in control and at ease. And to be honest, I think I'm actually excited about the upcoming seasonal change. When you can control everything, it's imperative you focus on the things you can, or sorry, when you can't control everything, it's imperative you focus on the things that you can and that will help you feel much more in control and therefore slightly more positive. Now, if you do practice any of these things or this gives you some insight and you start putting some rituals into place, I would love to hear about it. Please tag me on Instagram. Um, you can tag me at Terry Hofford, T-E-R-I-H-O-F-F-O-R-D, or my uh, secondary business, which has just launched, which is at Inlight and Mind, which is a business I started with my partner, Jill. Um, business partner Jill, um, and where we help people basically um, learn more about the spiritual and psychological way that they can help grow themselves. So thank you so much for listening, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.